it is Jared and the GM live from the Nashville Oktoberfest on a Fireball Hot Take Friday at the Bicentennial Mall all weekend long. Come on out, celebrate the traditions of Oktoberfest in the heart of Music City. Admission is free, so come on out. Download the Nashville Oktoberfest app where they have a map, a schedule of the event, so you can pre-purchase beer tokens and much, much more. A lot going on out here on this Fireball Hot Take Friday, Floyd Reese. A lot of activities, a lot of food, a lot of beer. A lot of so, it. All, and a lot of whatever all, those all the good German, things. like whatever those German dresses are, and both men and women are rocking both. Yeah, so. and the little girls' uh, dresses are cute. I mean, they're really colorful, and the guys' pants don't look too comfortable to me. I no, they I do, do not. That. There's, there's, yeah. something, there's something to that. But if you're down with that, rock on. Yeah. Uh, I, before we get to why Floyd thinks that we should be worried about uh, Denver, which I, I'm not. I mean, I'm worried about the Titans, but I'm not worried about Denver. I do want to pass along, and I, I tweeted about this last night, and it was all over Twitter, and people were talking about it. Uh, Matt Neely, who was a huge Titans super fan, passed away yesterday. Uh, one of one of the most diehard Titan fans out there. I'll be honest with you, I really only knew of him because on Twitter, boy, he loved to go at me. And uh, and as I, I tweeted out last night, every shot he took at me, I, I would see it, and I would laugh. Like, they were funny. They were creative and uh, I know Buck was really close with him, and uh, you know I, it was funny because I would get all these tweets sometimes from things he'd say about us or me, or really me. And uh, it was just it was funny, and I always appreciated it. But I appreciated how much he loved doing the bussing with the boys with Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, and how much he appreciated being a Titans fan. And uh, it's really sad to hear about his passing, especially. At such a young age, I don't know exactly how old he was, but I think it was maybe late twenties. Not very, yeah. and uh, it's just totally sad. The Titans have released a statement. the uh, The team released a statement. Amy Adams Strunk released a statement, and uh, Taylor Lewan just uh, I think had a tweet and also talked to the media about it today. I'll give you one of his tweets, which again I think was pretty funny. He said, "Do you believe in karma?" This was a tweet from Matt Neely. Floyd Reese kicked Steve McNair out of the Titans facility in 2006, and now he has to do a radio show with Jared Stillman every day. <laughs> so, uh, and, and my favorite I was telling you was I saw yesterday on Twitter, somebody posted a picture of him wearing a 69 jersey, number 69 Titans jersey, and on the back it was customized John Robinson. And I thought that was pretty funny too. So we're thinking about Matt's family and, and everybody out there as well, but a, a huge Titans super fan. Uh, was was lost yesterday, and I don't want to uh, overlook that. And uh, we surely mentioned that on the show today. Um, Floyd Denver, I am not worried about Denver. Am I worried about losing the game? Yes. Am I worried about Denver being the reason that the Titans lose the game? No. And I know they got Von Miller, and I know that five years ago he was the best defensive lineman slash linebacker maybe I've ever seen. He was like Lawrence Taylor good. I've never really seen Lawrence Taylor. But Philip Lindsay in the run game, I don't know. Flacco in the pass game, I don't know. You know, we've played Flacco six times. uh, And I'm going to guess they beat him once. We're five and one. And they, that and was five. 2017. They beat. So anytime Flacco's on the field throwing the long ball the way he does, I'm worried. Okay, so tell me why you're what? Tell me what you're worried about with the Denver Broncos. Lindsey Lindsey is a legitimate running back, which get, who has a, a some speed, something. I mean, he's got a little bit of that slash to him, 
He's not a real big guy, but he is nifty, and he is effective. Flacco scares the heck out of me because Flacco throws the deep ball against us as well as anybody in the league, and I have no idea why other than, you know, they've got some guys that can get deep on you, and he puts it on them. Uh, But that's maybe the best thing he does. And we think, you think, because you see Flacco in the in the, uh, in the the pocket and you see him athletically and you think, okay, now we're going to be able to put some pressure on him. We're going to be able to knock him down. In those six games that we talked about, I think we've sacked him five times. Mm-hmm. We do not get to Flacco. And the ball comes out and the ball comes out down the field. So that scares me. Um, on offense. And then, you know, on defense, I think it's obvious. I mean, they've got, in spite of, uh, and people are looking at Von Miller and saying, well, Von's not putting up the numbers. He's not. He's not. I mean, now that Chubb is out of the out of the picture, I mean, he's being doubled and tripled on, on every snap. People are not giving him the opportunity to get to the quarterback. But he still has a number of hits on the quarterback. He's just not quite getting there for the sack. So, I mean, that's all of that's a, a concern for me. And and let's face they've, they've won one game. We won two. What gives us the right to, to not be scared about anybody? We ought to be scared of our own shadow. I mean, when you're going I in. Am sca- I, as far as internal issues with the Titans, I am scared about the internal stuff with the Titans. What does that mean? Like, I'm scared of the Titans screwing this game up. It's like I was talking to you about the Braves yesterday. Well, let me the ask Braves you a screwed that game up. The Cardinals. Since day one, we have said what? In the early part of the year. More games are lost than they're won. I finally got something across to them. Finally made it. Got it through. All right. Then if it doesn't work, it'll be because we screwed it up. If it does work, it'll probably be because they screwed it up. And that's the way it is early in the year, especially with two teams that are struggling. If they were not beating themselves, they, you know, we'd all be four and two or five and one or whatever. So, I mean, I think that's that's exactly the way it works. So, if the Titans go into this game and don't beat themselves, do you feel good about them being able to beat Denver? Yes, I do too. If they don't beat themselves, I mean, my number one concern about the entire game, to be honest with you, is kicking the ball. I mean, I know that they that they signed a new kicker, and you got to think he can't be as bad as the last kicker, except that he lost the tryout to the last kicker. So they picked Santos over this guy, and now they're going with this guy because Santos was so bad. So if they pick Santos over this guy, what are the chances that this guy is worse than Santos? Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> so now you're going to Denver where their kicker has been kicking for, I don't know, 45 years. Is Prater still their kicker? I think he is. I mean, he's been the Bronco kicker for 20 years. And he's going to go out there kicking the ball, and he's going to be able to hit from 65 because of that air in Denver because he can hit from 65 in Denver. And I'm going to go out there just hoping, just hoping that the Titans, when they get a 40-yard field goal, can kick the ball through that. So if you can't even kick a field goal, well, I mean, everything else is kind of secondary. I just feel like if the Titans go there and just play smart football and make their kicks and do the things they're supposed to do, that they will win because Denver doesn't have somebody. Maybe Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver, 
out of SMU, like maybe you could count him and say, you know, he could be somebody that you worry about. But there's not, you know, oh, yeah, it's McManus, Brandon McManus. He's been kicking there for forever. Um, but I, Denver, what? I'm, Denver to me is a team that will be picking third in the draft this year. Third, fourth, fifth, somewhere around there. And they just don't have any guys that scare you. Outside of Miller. I mean, Von Miller with this offensive line, and if and if you're right about Von Miller, because I haven't watched any Bronco football, so I but if you're right about Von Miller and he's doing his thing, he's just getting double or triple teamed, he may be able to beat a triple team against the Titans. <laughs> So that so chalk me down for Von Miller. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about their coach. I'm not worried about their quarterback. I'm not worried about their running back. I'm worried maybe about Von Miller, but that's about it. And I And I, if you're Denver and you're playing the Titans, what are you worried about? Oh, you ain't worried about Mariota. You're worried about Derrick Henry. Oh. And you're probably worried about AJ Brown because he's shown the big plays. And you worry about say this, him the throwing Sutton the ball to kid, Bayer. The Sutton kid you're talking about? Has caught a lot more balls than A.J. Brown, and they're both rookies. A lot more. No, Sutton's in his second year. Oh, he, he didn't play last year. I think he got hurt. Yeah. I think he read it. Yeah, he didn't play. Corey so, Curtis from News 2 will join us next. Is he worried about Denver like Floyd is, or is he like me and will be stunned if the Titans lose on Sunday? We'll get to that coming up next. Jared and the GM live from Oktoberfest again at the Bicentennial Mall all weekend. And most importantly, admission is free. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Jared and the GM, Titans at Denver. And again, Floyd, I am just not feeling the buzz around Nashville about this game on Sunday. Is it because both teams are lousy? I mean, you got one team is 1-1, one, one, the other team's 1-2. Are the Titans so, lousy? What they've won two games. What you, what you can call them? I mean, world beaters. I think it's the disappointment if they are lousy. I think fans will wait until they they play Denver, and if they lose to Denver, then I think fans will throw their hands up and say they are lousy. But I don't think they're there yet. But I'm not sure I feel the excitement for Sunday. We're live at Oktoberfest. Again, free admission all weekend long at the Bicentennial Mall. Corey Curtis from News 2 joins us now. Corey, I want your number one thought on the Denver game. Is it lacking buzz? Is it because they're bad? Is it what, how do you, what do you think of this Denver game? Because I'm just not, I mean, I felt like the Buffalo game had a hundred times more buzz than the Denver game. Well, I just think fans don't trust them. That's all there is to it. They don't trust them to go there and beat uh, a team that's not very good, and uh, you know we, we've seen why because you know the, look they're they're two and three, um, they could they they've been in position to be four and one, and they're not they're two and three, and uh, was Bill Parcell said you are what your record says you are, and right now the Titans are two and three they've done everything they can to deserve to be two and three, and I think fans will get excited again when they see him string a few victories together, one's not going to do it. We've seen him string one together. We need to see him string a few together. It's that word that we came into the season saying, consistency. You know, we talked about beating the bad teams, beating the teams you should beat number one, taking you from good to great, beating the Buffaloes of the world. Don't lose those games. 
until the Titans stop losing those games, I think they're going to have a hard time getting fans excited for every game. Is it too easy to say if the Titans could kick, they'd be four and one? No, that yeah, it's way too easy to say that. That's not the that's not the case. Jared, they've got twenty two sacks this season. Twenty two. They lead the league in negative carries running the football. Those two stats both reek of terrible line play, and then you stack on top of it leading the league in drop passes. That's just that's a ton of mistakes. The kicker has one bad day. Okay, the offensive line and the receivers have had a bad year. In in your mind, at, at to this point, just let's say a quarter of the way through, what is the part of the team you're the most disappointed in? The part of the team that you're, you know, kind of excited about? I mean, the, the offensive line, without question. And you can tell me, you know, nine million reasons why it's the offensive. You know the. The receiver didn't get open fast enough. Marcus didn't read this fast enough, that fast enough. 22 sacks and leading the league in negative carries. We, we have seen the blow-bys in the offensive line. There are two top 11 picks on that offensive line. There's a guy making 11 million bucks a year on that offensive line. And there's another guy on that offensive line now who's making, I think, over 6 million bucks a year. That group should be way, way better. Look, if I saw Mariota going back in there and holding the ball forever and then getting crushed, like, I mean, we all know what that looks like. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing, oh, gosh, he's, he, he needs to get rid of it a little bit faster there uh, because we know the rush is coming. You know, I, I see guys drop back and have all day. I, I, I haven't seen that. And with what the Titans have invested in that group, that's what we should be seeing. That group, I think there was an NFL – dot-com poll that just ranked them the third worst offensive line of the league behind Miami and the Jets, okay? All right, you're behind, ranked behind those two, and you deserve to be behind those two. I, I mean, look, if it's not their fault, I don't know. I mean, I'm not blaming the whole thing. Their poor play. If it's not their fault, I'm sorry, but I don't see any other way that it's not mostly their fault. It, what am I excited about? You know what I've been talking about all week? And this is a conversation we have had a lot of times because it's usually been the other way around. I've been excited about Derrick Henry. I think he has been great. Maybe not catching the football, but I think he's running the ball better than he ran it at the end of last season. I thought he was tremendous last week. He runs. He's running lower with his pads lower to the ground. He's running through tacklers um, in – He's not bouncing to the outside and losing five yards. He may be having negative carries of one and two, but it's not because of a bad choice on his part. It's because there's absolutely nothing there. He is running the ball the way he needs to run the ball for this team. I was not on board necessarily with giving him a contract after the season, but the way he's playing right now, I'm all on board with with bringing him back for a few more years. The same position, what in your mind was behind bringing in the two other running backs? Well, I think Rod Smith is, he's not a David Flewellen clone, but, I mean, he fills a lot of those boxes. I mean, he can play special teams. He's a great big body, so if Henry goes out, he replaces that. And I think he can pass protect Lloyd. I think he may be brought into pass protect situations as well. The Dalen Dawkins one is the one that's really interesting to me, though, because he does not have a role on special teams. 
the only way he helps your team is if you give him the football. Okay, so if you're going to give him the football, who are you taking away touches from? Deion Lewis is the only guy who I see really loses in this situation, and it really makes me wonder if they're wondering if he has lost some of his burst because of the wear on the legs and the surgeries and and, and all those sorts of things, or if they're just looking for a spark. But either way, putting him on this team means you're going to give him the ball and not Deion Lewis because that's the only role he fills for this team. Corey Curtis News to our guest here on Jared and the GM. I will be stunned if the Titans don't win Sunday only because, Corey, I believe this is a trend. Jared, Jared, come on. The Titans, this is the trend. How long? How long have we been doing this? And, And the trend, this follows the trend. The Titans win a game they or lose a game they should win. They spend all week beating themselves up about it. We spend all week beating them up. They, you know, the fans spend all week beating them up. And then they go out there and play great. And then everybody spends a week, you know, at least two days, praising how great they were on Sunday. And then talking about, well, don't let this be another letdown. And then they go out and they let you down the following Sunday. So since they let the fans down this past Sunday, the trend says that this would be a game that they should win and will win. And because I don't think Denver is very good, it makes it easier for them to accomplish the task. Uh, from that aspect, I, I agree. This is the one where they usually bounce back and play well and and win the football game. And, you know, in the Buffalo game, there were a lot of things that they did do well, and they were in position to win that game. I mean, when you take two touchdowns off the board and you take four field goals off the board, I mean, I think I, think I heard Braden say this morning that four of their final six possessions went inside the Buffalo 35-yard line. Um, and then defensively, they did a lot of things well. They just found a way to lose. That was a classic case of stealing defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, so, I mean, and they, in the past, you know, after the Jacksonville game, bounced back with a good, urgent week of practice and, and play well. Uh, so it is not to say that they can't, but, saying, but trying to predict this team, I'm not doing it anymore. Well, Floyd is 0 of 5 on picking the Titan games this year, so there may be something to that. They have the the one area they have, Corey, that that really has improved. The one area we were trying to to fix in the off season, uh, you know, is the pass rush, and I think they're yeah. I think they're the fourth best pass rush team in the league, sacks. and nobody ever talks about it. Yeah, and Harold Landry has four sacks. When you it, here, you want to know how football is a crazy game. Boy, remember this summer I was filling in for Jared, and we said, who are the two guys that can take the Titans from good to great on each side of the ball? And we both said yeah. the same two guys, Harold Landry and uh, Derrick Henry. And both those guys are playing great. Derrick Henry's playing really well. Harold Landry's on pace to have a 12 or 13 sack season. He's got four sacks. Yeah. He's got four sacks. He's, he's doing exactly what you need him to do. But – you know, it's all—it's very difficult to overcome bad offensive line play in this league. It just is, because the guys that we thought were going to take them to the next level are doing are doing their thing. And you're right, the sacks are there, and I think the secondary deserves some credit for those sacks too. A couple of those, I think you sure. can call coverage sacks, because those guys um, have been have been on their game. So a lot of that stuff's been been really good. The defense has been really good, except for the red zone, really. Corey Curtis, News 2, Fireball Hot Take Friday. Give me a hot take. 
All right. You know what? I, I had a hot take lined up, but when I heard you guys are at Oktoberfest, I just said one thing to myself. All of Nashville needs to see Jared Stillman in Lederhosen playing an accordion. Everyone needs to see that. Well, Corey, I think we lost our connection. But I think I think uh, the entire city of Nashville would – I don't know if they would agree or disagree with that picture, to be <laughs> honest with you. So I think it would be spectacular. It would be. But uh, appreciate you uh, taking the time to join the guys today. All right. Thanks, man. You guys have a great day. Uh, enjoy the game Sunday. Hopefully it all works out and we're talking about – we hope they can be consistent. Next all right. You too, man. Appreciate it. That was Corey Curtis of News 2. We'll be back with more of Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. Coach, you have your share of experience with uh, Flacco. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you remember about his game? Well, he has an incredibly strong arm, a uh, hard guy to you know, bring down in the pocket. He's big, deceivingly fast, more than what you might, might think. I mean, he really has a great arm. I mean, I was always amazed watching him out in practice just – I mean, he can put it on a string now. That was Dean Bees on Joe Flacco. Of course, both Dean and Joe let go by the Ravens and have gone on elsewhere. Joe now with the Denver Broncos as we are live out here at Oktoberfest. It's Jared and the GM again all weekend long. That's right. All weekend long, there is, and this is a free admission so come on out all weekend long. Joe Flacco's career stats. Now, I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm just reading this. Against the Titans, Joe Flacco is 2-3 and three in his career against the Titans, according to Pro Football Reference. So he is what he is. He, against the Titans, 61% passer, which is a lot better than he is against Tampa, where he's 73%. But he's thrown five touchdowns, seven interceptions, good enough for a 70.6 rating. So he's got a 70.6 rating against the Titans in his career. Floyd, all those numbers could say that Flacco's not good or good or bad and different. I don't know, whatever. One way, For some reason, I think Joe Flacco's always the same. If you let him throw the ball down the field, he will throw the ball down the field. If you let him throw interceptions, he will throw interceptions. If you let him throw touchdowns, he will throw touchdowns. And that's why, even though I don't look at Flacco as playing like Aaron Rodgers this week, I do look at it like they are playing Flacco this week. And he, I think Dean was exactly right. I mean, his, he's got a cannon for an arm. He can throw it down the field. We know that. Uh, it seems like every time we play him, and, I, and I, I go right back to just last year or two years ago. Is that when they got the 11 sacks? Uh, that was last year. Last year? Well, I mean, he's the ball goes down the field, and that's the part that is scary for me. You know, is that where, I mean, even though you even though you break it up, you get a pass interference, guess what? It's good as a completion. They move the ball 40 yards down the field. Now they've got gray field position. Now you're in trouble. I mean, that's the, so that's the sticky part for me. Do you think Joe Flacco is still a good quarterback in this league? Uh, good compared to? Do you think he'll ever have success in the league? Like they, like he did in Baltimore, win a Super Bowl? No. Even if you put a great team around him, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I didn't think he was a Super Bowl winning quarterback then, though. So, <laughs> well, you never liked Flacco. I mean, like you're worried about Flacco beating the Titans. 
But you never liked Joe Flacco as a quarterback. Oh, he's always he's always thrown the ball down the field against us. That's what scares me. That's that's kind of our when you're trying to play man for man, you're trying to stop the run, or you're trying to blitz a quarterback, or you're trying to whatever the case may be, you get yourself in trouble. And he's, you know, he's he. If nothing else, he is smart. And uh, and you know, you got somebody that goes the wrong way or corner that trips or whatever and you you know you're behind seven to nothing so i think the thing with flacco and this i I don't know if this would be possible or not i don't know if flacco will ever be on a team that will give him this luxury i feel like when flacco has good wide receivers flacco is a good quarterback and when flacco has bad wide receivers flacco is a bad quarterback when he was in baltimore and he had anquan bolden and tory smith he was a good quarterback when he had steve smith senior and Torrey Smith, he was a good quarterback. Then Steve Smith Sr. retired, and Torrey Smith left, and now he's, you know, and he was a bad quarterback. And now he's got Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. And they're not great receivers, but if you put, what's a team that has good wide receivers? You put Joe Flacco in Atlanta, and he's throwing to Julio and Calvin Ridley and Sanu? I think Joe Flacco would be a good quarterback. And I'm not sure how many, usually it's the quarterback that makes the receivers good. Or, you know, you get a quarterback with good receivers and he's still not any good. Like, isn't Matthew Stafford kind of the same, even with Calvin Johnson and without Calvin Johnson? It feels like Matthew Stafford is the same. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he'll lose uh, Donald Driver or he'll lose Jordy Nelson or he'll lose Randall Cobb. But there's always another Devontae Adams and there'll be a next guy after Adams. And it, and it just feels like with Flacco, if the receivers and the tight ends, and that if that's good then they're good. And if they're bad, like last year in Baltimore and like this year right now in Denver, then they're not very good. And I don't know like if I've ever really seen a quarterback like that before. Well, I don't. I don't. I mean, in my mind, there's no difference between Emmanuel Sanders and, say, Brown of last week. Although Brown and, is a and, titan killer. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, let's wait and see what Sanders and Flacco do. That's that's the part that concerns me because they're very similar type type receivers, and the young guy has come in, Cortland or whatever his name is, has come in and and lit it up, you know. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned about him, and I don't even know that much about him. I mean, I know he's he's just getting started, but uh, but he seems to be having some kind of luck. I don't know what his stats are, uh, but but he's been productive, so. That's that's what scares me. And again, it's not like you know what we've seen. We've we've been beaten by a team that you know what did did. Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. Somebody we played and 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 the receiver like the top receiver had sixty yards or forty yards or something. Now there were three of them that had about the same, but it's just not. We you know we don't need a, a great great receiver to go out and be a factor and that's the part that scares me well not because your offense can't score you know like you if the offense could score the, de- the, if fun- the offense could score the defense would be fine because the defense can hold people to 15 points so you score three touchdowns a game you'll win every game the 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 line of what they can and can't do for the defense is so narrow so tight that it's scary Anytime you're playing anybody that's got any kind of weapons, because they can do things 
that your offense can't make up for. You know, so you give up one play could easily be the game. And that's the, not that that isn't, you know, different than a lot of NFL teams, but, I mean, that's how close our offense is, how tight it is. Okay, so I have two Flacco questions to ask you. One, if you gave him a team as good as the Baltimore team that was around him in 2012, could he win a Super Bowl? Today. I can't remember the team he was with in 2012. They had Ray Lewis. They had Ed Reed. They had Nada. You know, a, a really good defense. They had Smith Sr., I think, and they had Torrey Smith. Well, who was the quarterback then? Flacco. <laughs> How many games did they win? They won the Super Bowl. I don't know, 12, 13, something like that. Well, uh, sure. You mean right now? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm you not put sure this about Joe now. Flacco on that team, could they win the Super Bowl? I'm not sure about now. I, I just don't know. Okay, do you think he? If you had to, if you had to coach a team, and your choice at quarterback was Joe Flacco, Marcus Mariota, or Lamar Jackson, who would you pick to be your starting quarterback? For for a game, a season, or what? One game. Flacco. Over Mariota? Yes. Really? Oh, not close. Not close. What? Not close. Not close. No. And you take Flacco over Lamar, even though Baltimore is taking Lamar over Flacco. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, that's not close either. So you don't like Flacco, but you would take Flacco over Marcus. And You You know what I think of Lamar. I mean, we've talked about that before. I know. I'm perplexed that Baltimore thinks the exact opposite you do. And, and, um, And, you know. I mean, Marcus completed 13 passes last week. 13. I, I sympathize should, with Sally sometimes. Every, I shouldn't say this. I was going to say, all of the of the upper division high school teams in the in Nashville will have quarterbacks complete more than 13 passes. Yeah, they're also not playing the Buffalo Bills defense. Oh, no. They could. And I would say that would probably be true. See, this is this is why I sympathize with Sal. Well, why do you, let me ask you this. How is it How is it? one time we can talk about Buffalo, and, and we lose to Buffalo, and then we come back with, well, yeah, but they're not playing Buffalo's defense. Because Buffalo's defense is good, and the rest of their team isn't. Ah, and they're 4-1. and one. Yeah. Because they played three bad teams Uh, and maybe a fourth bad team if you count the Titans. uh And the fifth team was New England. And not only that, and I don't want to rehash this again, but they did a better job on New England's quarterback than they did on Mariota, who you don't even like as much as Joe Flacco. Uh, That's exactly right. Right. So maybe it wasn't Marcus's fault. It's like you want to get on Marcus for completing the 13 passes, and I don't want to revisit this because it's it's like a marriage thing where it's like, and I thought we've been over that, but they had four drops. They had a, have an awful nobody, nobody, line. no you other think Joe behind the part this that's amazing line is get his head ripped off? you know what? None of these other quarterbacks in the league ever have a receiver drop a pass. We're the only receivers in the NFL that drop passes, and I can't figure that out. They do. They have allowed the most. Sacks. Can you help me? They have allowed the most sacks. Can you help me figure that out? Have the Titans allowed the most sacks? Yes. How would Joe do behind this line? Joe would get rid of the ball. Joe wouldn't get sacked that much, I promise you. 
So let's take your calls. This is the question. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Joe Flacco. Are you worried about Joe Flacco? Is Joe Flacco a quarterback worth worrying about? Because I can promise you one week from now when Phillip Rivers comes to town, we will be worried about Phillip Rivers at quarterback. But is Flacco worth worrying about? By the way, Flacco beat Rivers last week. 615-737-1025 on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. We're live from Oktoberfest at the Bicentennial Mall. Free admission all weekend long. It's ESPN 1025, the game. What do you know you're going to be dealing with when you face Joe Flacco? A big arm, you know, a big body. He can move. I mean, they still use him in, on the boots, and he can still scramble. But, you know, he's got a strong arm, and it's one that can, you know, he'll move it down the field. But he's also very decisive. I think that that's something that, you know, as we're getting out of there, we have to be very conscious. These backs are a big part of what they do. Um, he doesn't mind checking them down to him. they got a really good skill set for him to use. So we have to make sure that we're, we're, we're making that we, we've got good depth in our zones, but we're not just um, flying out of there because he's very decisive when he sees everybody back out of there. He, you know, he does have an ability to get it to the back pretty quick. Vrabel talking about Joe Flacco. And again, Floyd says one game he would take Flacco over Mariota, Lamar Jackson, etc. which by the way, I'll save this for later, but it is, it, it's made me see the light on something. So, Floyd, if you want to take the calls on Joe Flacco, or if you've got a thought, we can do either. It's Fireball Hot Day Friday, so it's the People's Day today. Take the calls. We're live at Oktoberfest. Again, come on out to the Bicentennial Mall all weekend long. Admission is free. NashvilleOktoberfest.com. Come on out. Tons of great stuff. Jared and the GM. Let's go to Frank, who's up next on Marcus Mariota. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Frank. Jared, uh, I call and give you heck about Mariota all the time. You're sitting next to a man that's played, he's been a GM on several teams, about Super Bowl rings. How many do you have? Because you always want to argue with him when he puts down Mariota because he's not that good. So I, I would say this, and I mean absolutely no disrespect to you or to Floyd. I have as many Super Bowl rings as Floyd does. But that is not, I mean that with no disrespect to Floyd's football knowledge because I think there are a lot of people that have Super Bowl rings that know a whole lot less or, and are a lot less of GMs or coaches than Floyd was. Super Bowl winning rings. Yes. Well, an AFC championship ring is not a, a Super a, Bowl ring. It's exactly what it is. No, it's a, it's a making the Super Bowl ring, but a Super Bowl ring is the Super Bowl championship ring. Right, but and if John you Elway, play, if you play in the Super Bowl, you get a championship ring. And John Elway, who, in my opinion, is as much of it. The gap between John Elway and you in terms of executives is the same gap between you and John Elway in terms of players. That's how I feel about John Elway. I think John Elway lucked into getting Peyton Manning to sign with Denver. And outside of that, I think Elway is a mediocre to bad general manager so again the gap if for elway to get to you as far as being a talent evaluator is concerned you would have to get to elway as far as being a player is concerned uh but elway yeah like the difference between you as a player and elway as a player is it the same difference as what elway is a talent evaluator and you as a talent <laughs> evaluator. <laughs> no, no. elway i mean 
Elway's got a Super Bowl ring. But, I mean, how much of that was Elway? And how much of that? As a player, Elway was No, no, no I'm talking about Elway Elway's when they won with Peyton. Oh, and about that. He, that's my point. Is he, he locked into getting Peyton? And he but had a as a player, team. he was big time. I know I mean, he's he one of the best. Really good. And that's my point. Let's go to AG. Who's up next here on Jared and the G? I'm going to fireball hot take Friday. What's up, AG? Yo, man. Uh, Flacco. Uh, he got a. Uh, I mean, we talking about who we talking about? Uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Yeah, he got a <laughs> Super Bowl ring, so of course you're going to take him over some people who don't have no. Super Bowl ring, but Jerry, man, I would love to see you taking your arguments about Marcus Mariota on the real. Show. Oh, I mean, I ain't saying y'all showing a real show, but on the on the show, like first take or something, because they were probably like really. And uh, and he getting second, he's scrambling and buying time like other mobile quarterbacks, like Russell Wilson is. Why ain't he doing that? Why ain't okay. he getting the ball out the pipe? Why ain't he Why ain't he throwing the ball quicker? You knowing your Thank you for the call, AG. Uh, I would say, I mean, there's a lot of things he said there. I would, I think I would do a good job on first take arguing with those guys. (laughs) I think I could argue. Look, I'll put it to you like this. If I can argue, and I'll be completely frank with the audience. If I can argue, and when I debate, dominate Fitz, and Fitz can go on those shows and do fine, then... I think I would be fine arguing for Marcus Mariota on the, the talk shows. The problem is, is that they don't ever talk about Marcus on the talk shows because, generally speaking, the country does not care about Marcus Mariota. Now, I think AG asked a really good question, and that is about Mariota, and that is why does he not scramble around like Russell Wilson, and why does he not make the time for himself that maybe other quarterbacks make? And I don't know the answer to what he's supposed to do but I do think it's a very good question. Well, I mean, everybody in the world is saying don't scramble because they don't want him to get hurt. I mean, it's a it's a, a windy road for him. You know, they want him to to buy enough time to throw the ball, but they don't want him to run because they're afraid he's going to get hurt and you know miss the year. So it's it's you know which do you want? And that's. That's part of the problem with Marcus. You know, it's like you're always having to choose. Well, you can have this or you can have that, but you can't have them both. You know, you can't have it all. You can just have this or you can have another aspect. And so, I mean, right now, everybody's saying, hey, you know, don't get hurt. Stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. And knock on wood, so far, he's he's doing a pretty good job of that. And what do you feel? As far as what Mariota should do. If you were coaching him, you were his GM, what would you tell him to do as far as scrambling or not scrambling or all the other things? Stay healthy. That's what I want. And so if that means don't scramble, don't scramble. That means slide, run out of bounds, whatever that means, do it. Because he's not, you know, in spite of of what and where and however you want to evaluate him, he's the best you got. So, <laughs> to get somebody better, you better take care of that one. I think what bothers me about Mariota is you watch Mahomes, every play he makes is on the run. He runs around, and then he steps up, and he just throws it. 
Oh, he's When's moving. the last time Marcus moved like that through the ball? Russell Wilson had a game-winning touchdown last week on Thursday night football against the Rams where the pocket broke down. Russell ran up. Russell ran right to the line of scrimmage. And unlike Mariota, Russell didn't run past the line of scrimmage. Russell runs right up to the line of scrimmage, turns his entire body to the right, throws to the running back who almost dropped the ball and caught it. And it was a touchdown. And I thought... You know, where is that from Marcus? Not to say that that wasn't in a great play by Wilson, because it was a great play by Russell Wilson, but I feel like Marcus has the skill set to make that kind of play. Well, those but those guys are scrambling right off the bat. I mean, they're not, you don't see them, they're not standing in the pocket, batting the ball, and then all of a sudden say, okay, break out. I mean, they start back, get a, a look at coverage or get a look, feel for rush or whatever, they're out of there. You know, they're moving right now. And everybody's chasing them. And they are outstanding at finding receivers on the run. Outstanding. Marcus is not quite there yet. Well, he found A.J. Brown on the run last week for a touchdown. The only problem was he was half an inch past the yard marker. As I said, we're not quite there yet. (laughs) And I just, like, I'm so torn on Mariota. It's so hard to explain. I mean, the guy doesn't turn the ball over. And he doesn't make a bunch of mistakes, but I need him to go out there and make some winning plays that win the game. So that instead of... You can't... I, I think it was Braden this morning. Let me give you this And stat. he's a bigger Mario to honk than Let I me am. give you this step. This is just... These numbers aren't exact. The Titans have had 65 third downs. Wait a minute. Let me think. Is this right? Uh, trying to think how it was. Uh, 65 third downs. Like 35 of those have been third and eight or longer. They've converted six. It's not a good percentage. The other percentage, whatever that is, 40% or whatever, is third or late and eight or less and they've converted almost 60%. So, again, you know, you're always looking for a reason. You do things like that, those are reasons. If you are in way more third and eights than you are third or less, you're not going to convert them. You're not going to win. I mean, you can't win doing those things. And so that's kind of, you know, it boils down to just stuff like that. Crazy stuff. Well, I will contend that you'd have to go back and look at all the reasons, like all the negative plays. But how many of them are offensive holding or things that are not the quarterback's fault that could get pinned on? Well, the yeah, but I, and and I'm and I don't I know mean, what the, the offensive is. holding, the illegal procedure the off whatever whatever you want to put you know too much time it doesn't make any difference whatever the penalty is that moves you back i think every i mean we've been pretty good with penalties generally speaking and you know we have we have as many of those as anybody else so that's now the ones that add up that kill us are the first and 10 Give it to Derrick Henry, second and twelves. Those are the things that kill you. I mean, we can't have those runs, and and yet we get them. You know, 
seems like every series. I feel like the things that kill you are when Derek gets eight on first down and it gets called back because of a hold. That is what is killing. Yeah, but my point is that you're everybody's going to get that. Everybody's how many holds you see every week in the NFL? Mm-hmm. You know, how many off? It happens all the time, and we've been good on penalties. That has not been an issue. It's not like we're getting more penalties than anybody else. But because we have the negative first down plays or the no gain first down plays, I mean, you're, you know, now you're second and 10. What happens from there? Maybe good, maybe bad. Now you're third and 10. And what happens? You're getting ready to punt. We have more three and outs than any team in the league. We lead the league in third and outs a third, a third of the times we've had the ball on offense, we're three and out. A third. <laughs> your draw, your jaw is like at the floor when you say uh, that. It's incredible. It's incredible. You don't have a chance. You can't score. You can't move the ball. You can't. I mean, it's just, and, and we're looking for reasons why. Well, those are reasons why you lose. Those things. 615-737-1025 is the phone number, 615-737-1025. Coming up next on Jared and the GM, who is more important to winning at Denver, Derrick Henry or Marcus Mariota? We'll discuss Jared and the GM, CSPN 1025, the game.